You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Hot Take Hot Box, fresh off of Christmas and Christmas Day that had some NFL action, some NBA action. It had all sorts of action. We are here to talk about everything that went down this past weekend weekend. My name is Matt McSweeney. This is the Hot Take Hot Box. I am joined by Ty Capone from the beautiful Sunshine State. Ty, how are you feeling down there? What's going on? What's the weather like down there? Uh, it's a little, it's a little cold. It's a little 68, oh, uh, cloudy, oh, 68, a nice breeze. Um, no, it's, it's pretty nice. And Christmas day was like a nice 71. Um, the day of reckoning, if you will. Oh, um, <laughs> we'll no, about uh, that. yeah, we'll have to get into that. That was a absolute, you know, I don't even know what to call it. I don't even oh, know what they called it a success or a failure or somewhere in the middle. But, um, yeah, weather's good. Uh, I'm going to the Panthers lightning game later. I am sober. For uh, the foreseeable future, after a horrible incident on Friday night, that uh, maybe we will, maybe I will talk about on the next. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, All right? Maybe, maybe when we give our award show uh, later this week, maybe I'll divulge. Uh, <laughs> maybe you'll nominate yourself for an award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most likely to throw up in the in the freight elevator and fall asleep for five hours. That's me. That's me from one one a.m. to six a.m. <laughs> Jesus. In a pile of my own puke. This guy but, turned um, into a, a homeless bum in the middle of the uh, yeah. night. That's, that's I turned tough. into a a, mu- a pumpkin that's been in the out in the rain for a week. So there you go. Uh, I'm I'm no I'm not sure. It's gonna be tough because I'm going on the ferry before the game, and the ferry they uh they know me and they know all of us that work where where we work. And they just pour up drinks like it's nothing. They're like here's your uh, twenty ounce shot for free. I'm like okay. All right, here we go. So that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough to resist that, but I will. Uh, I will hold strong for sure. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you stick around. You might get a uh, sneak peek into the story where that tie yeah. ended up in the freight elevator. That's gonna be tough. It's pretty. But... It's pretty. It's pretty scary. I also set off the alarm, and I didn't even know. There you go. But, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into any of that, we got to talk about the Eagles Giants from Christmas Day, four o'clock start. I mean the the day it's the day started off a little bit spooky with the Raiders absolutely clapping the Chiefs' cheeks uh, up and down the field. I mean in Arrowhead, T Swift in the building celebrating Christmas with Travis, and they listen. I hear a lot of people before we even get into the Eagles. I know I just gave a whole Eagles intro. I just want to talk about the Chiefs for a second. You know, talk about the Eagles' demise or how the good like good or not good they are. The Chiefs have been horrible all year long. They can act like uh, the. I love the people that are like, oh, this is all Travis's fault. He's, when he started getting with Taylor, that everything went downhill. Like, <laughs> no, nah, man. The I think the bigger problem is the fact that they never went out and got any wide receivers. It's like old school Eagles. This is like the Donovan McNabb era Eagles. Like, you have Rasheed Rice out there. You have MVS catching passes. You have Kadarius Tony, whose hands don't work. It it literally looks like the mid two thousands Eagles. You know, like uh, late late two thousands Eagles, I should say, because. It is a lot of slop that goes on, and Travis is not having his best year. But it, it's definitely not their their fault specifically. And I mean, even the line, Mahomes was getting assaulted the entire game on Sunday, or was that Monday? So 
Not a good look for our Chiefs, uh, or for your yeah, Chiefs, I should say. My Chiefs, our Chiefs, my Chiefs. Hold on. Um, I was in the building one time to see them play, so I guess I can claim them if I want to. But I don't know if I want to. I mean, dude, they lost to a team that had 200 yards total. By the way, they were at home, the Chiefs. Yeah. At uh, G-E-H-A field, not Geha or Geha, G-E-H-A. So that's pretty dumb. That's probably why they lost. Um, I think I saw Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass after the first quarter. That's nuts. Um, Zamir White ran all over them. That was crazy. Zeus, as they call him. Um, Devontae Adams put up 1-4, so if anybody needed him to do well in your semis like I did, but it didn't matter, uh, I advanced anyway. Yeah, that sucked. And uh, I think Mahomes, if you rank all the players, I I believe pro football-focused grades for quarterbacks that week, he was the lowest of like 33 that uh, that played, so that's that's a nice humbling moment, nice humbling experience for Chiefs fans. You know, they were, they kept telling me at the end of the game, "Oh yeah, you take your regular season win, we'll take our Super Bowls." I'm like, "All right, we'll see how many you win in the future." Because you know, it, it might seem easy with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but what happens when you have you know your your top option behind Travis Kelsey is Noah Gray or you know Rasheed Rice? I like Rasheed Rice a lot, but then you got Richie James. Like you're you're, you're taking him off, you know, punt return duty to be your wide receiver two or three, Justin Watson, uh, you know, he was like wide receiver three in Tampa last year. So like, you know, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, they're relying on him more than they even thought. Isaiah, the run game isn't working. Isaiah Pacheco didn't do anything. Um, I, I don't think their defense is bad, but you know, it's not elite. It, it's not going to win them games. So they're in a weird spot, man. Nine and six, they keep scoring. Like, I, I think they went, I think like three out of the last four games or four out of the last five, they scored 20 or less. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not looking good in KC. I mean, we we talk all we're we're, uh, we're not the most optimistic about our birds, but I can't imagine how some Chiefs fans in in the dirty Missouri are feeling right now about you know almost losing to the. I guess they didn't almost lose to Vegas a couple weeks ago, but it was it was tight if I remember correctly. Um, and then they lose to them this week, and then they got the Bengals and the Chargers. So uh, going in the playoffs, they they look a little wounded. I, I'm not sure what um. You know, why didn't they get DeAndre Hopkins is, is my question. Yeah, why didn't they get someone, something, you know, it's, 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 it's see, I'm telling you, it's very, it seems like a deja vu with the Andy Reid style of like, he's like, oh, well, we don't really need, you know, like we don't need it. We have Pat Mahomes, we have this, we have that, we'll be fine. You need weapons, dude, no matter how good the, your quarterback is, no matter how good this guy or that guy is, you need weapons on the outside to get some some sort of separation, especially I mean, Max Crosby was in the backfield the whole day, man. That guy, that guy's kind of elite. Uh, yeah, I, he's, he's nasty. He's kind of snuck up on everyone. I mean, I know he's been good for a couple years now, but he, it seems like he's really taken that next step this past year. So it's uh, you know good for and him. Also, the, uh, what, how, no, go ahead. I was gonna say he has thirteen and a half sacks. That's pretty. I mean, he's crazy. Yeah, I was looking at some of the sack leaders the other day. I didn't even realize like. There's so many amazing edge rushers in this league. Like Miles My- Garrett, probably, sh- probably should just get a couple MVP MVP votes from a couple people just because him and TJ Watt. They're just they actually wreck games themselves and they win games themselves. Sometimes it seems like so. Those guys, uh, Aiden Hutchinson's had an awesome year. <coughs> so a lot TJ of amazing Watt. edge rushers. I yeah, mean, he's, he's awesome. Unreal. And the fact that he was able to surpass his brother after all his brother did in his career was crazy. So. 
Um, also, the Chiefs, like, they thought they could, you know, they thought they had something with Orlando Brown, let him walk, and they're like, you know what, we'll, we'll take a flyer on Jawan Taylor, and we'll see how he works. And then we'll put Wanya Morris at left tackle. Um, I think they had somebody else hurt, I'm not sure, but I know their O-line is just, besides Creed Humphrey, who's probably like, you know, Jason Kelsey 2.0, their O-line is dog shit. So, yeah. you know, Kel- pair that with Kelsey getting older, and, you know, the running backs are decent, but they're not game breakers, so... Yeah, they have a lot of work, they have a lot to work on. Honestly, I mean, I think they found a couple of gems on the on defense and Trey uh, Trey McDuffie, Nick Bolton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, you know, when you look at their team, when you look at it from on like paper, like where would the Chiefs even rank on paper? Like maybe in the top ten, maybe. But um, and also Mahomes hasn't been himself. Obviously, there's reasons for that, but um, he he's been just not great. So. It, it, I don't think they're going to make it very far, I'll say. But I guess, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs, and that's a good segue to kind of hop over to our Eagles, like we said. Eagles, Giants, 4 o'clock, 425, whatever. Home game against the Giants. The Italians coming to town, Tommy DeVito. We felt good going into this. They they were 11.5 when we did the podcast. They wound up ballooning up to 14 point favorites by the time the game started which they of course did not cover but uh overall i would say i don't want to go through the whole game you all if you didn't watch the game then just brush up on it because i used to do these like hardcore breakdowns where i'd go from like drive to drive and like no one really cares i mean you watch the game you know what happened okay i would just say overall i thought the offense played pretty good i think the team itself played pretty good i think the score is not necessarily indicative of really what happened on Sunday. Or I keep saying Sunday, but it's a fucking Monday Monday game, which is weird. But you know what was it? Thirty three to twenty five. The pick six was kind of somewhat fluky, right? It was yeah, you know, very. Goddard slipped, and he it was the right throw, right kind of decision. Maybe it would have got knocked down, but it wouldn't have been a pick six had Goddard stayed on his feet. It's kind of just a fluky, weird situation. And the other kind of – well, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm forgetting to mention the fact that Zacchaeus just truck-sticked Boston Scott uh, on a kickoff to start <laughs> the second half. And that that, that kind of sent us down to in a little bit of a tailspin because it looked like we were about to walk away with this game. We were up, what, 20 – was it 20 to 3? 20 to 3, yeah. 20 to 3 at halftime. It's like, all right, we're good. And then right away, you know, we get the ball. It's like, dude, this game's over. We go down and get any sort of points here. This game is over. Now, Zacchaeus, he took he took some sort of envelope. He said, "You know what, dude? I'll get I'll get us this ball back." You yeah. know, he's like, "I couldn't get the kickoff myself, but I'll fucking run Boston Scott over." And Boston Scott gets run over, drops the ball, fumble. Giants get the ball, go in, score, and uh, you know they scored 15 points in that third. It started to get real, real hairy here. In this, uh, that is the best way that I can explain it. Devito gets taken out at a certain point. He was nine for sixteen. With 55 yards, yeah, I think he had a couple sacks, uh, you know, again, which isn't necessarily against him. They ran the ball 23 times to Saquon Barkley for only 80 yards. I think overall, Ty, the Eagles defense played good. Uh, I'm not mentioning the Darius Slayton. I think it was a, what, 69, 70-yard bomb that he yeah. caught that left Reed Blankenship in the fucking dust chasing after him, and that was, you know, it was a little too late there. But uh, all in all, Ty, I would say the offense looked much better in this game. I think they had around or close to 500 yards of offense. 
and uh, I think that is a positive. I know they were playing the Giants. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever. It's not, you know, like we're we're not fixed. It's not, you know, it's not all. All is not right in the world. There are plenty of problems, and we'll get into it. There was arguments on the sideline. There's a lot yeah. of different stuff. You know, uh, AJ Brown continues to try and make everything about him, which I love. I just, you know, I'm, I'm starting to actually appreciate how much he is <laughs> such a diva and a crybaby that it's like it's it's become almost endearing to me now. But all in all, Ty, the defense I thought played pretty good. You know, what they they only gave up. Uh, I mean, a little bit under 300 yards of offense. You know, they started to get cooked a little bit when Tyrod Taylor took over. He was seven for 16, 133 yards. He did throw a pick. I don't remember who he threw that pick to. Keely Ringo at the end of the oh, game. Oh, that's right. At the very end of the game. Correct, correct. So that's Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo has kind of been the, the surprise star, I guess, of the, you know, or just, I, I guess, just kind of a emerging star for for this team. He has well surpassed any expectations that people may have set out for him uh, when, they, when he got drafted. And I remember when they traded up to get him, and it was like he's kind of like a uh, – I don't know, a development sort of player. You, you're yeah. We're not going to see a lot from him this season, but, I mean, what is he? He's only 22. He's like a young kid, right? He's like 21. I know they, they were saying yeah. he was young, younger than, uh, you know, so they would have more time to develop him, but, man, Ty, he's looked good. He's wearing that 22. The 22 fits him well with that pick like six it. Asante Samuel uh, style of play. But, Better than 37 that he wore. That yeah, that, that thing was ugly, but uh, all in all, Ty, I thought they played well. I thought it was a, you know, I'm not – I'm not feeling great. I still don't feel good about this team, but a win is a win, and I can't, you know, I found myself getting all angry on uh, Monday. It was just like, you know, fucking, we should have blown these guys out, and this and that, and then you start to look at the game, you start to, all right, like, you feel a little bit better. Like, Jalen looked good. Jalen's still not throwing the ball down the middle of the field. If you look at the, uh, like, the spray chart, kind of, it's all yeah. on the outside of the numbers, which is still a big concern, but, you know, Swift got it going. And, uh, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith did their thing. So, uh, all in all, it was, a, it was a pretty good game. I needed uh, A.J. to outscore Devontae, I think, um, I think by a couple points. Or I needed him to keep it close. And in the first half, he didn't do shit. So, I was, was very nervous for my one fantasy matchup. But he pulled through. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the offense, I guess, was humming a little bit. Uh, you know, Brian Johnson is really just holding us, holding us back completely. And, I, yeah, you know, what else can you say? It's, it, the, the voices are going to keep getting louder. Uh, each game, and especially as these stakes get higher, like once we get in the playoffs, and he keeps calling the screens to Julio Jones on third and ten, like there's going to be a lot of people calling for his job after this year, especially if we have a disappointing end to the season. Um, so that's just something that we're going to have to just deal with. Honestly, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can take away the play calling duties if you want, but like, who are you going to give them to? Nick Sirianni? I fucking hope not. Uh, yeah. He was getting into it with I think it was uh, DJ Elliott, the linebackers coach, out to Kansas. He used to be the DC there, so. Um, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. And then I, you know, saw Devontae Smith trying to just, uh, you know, just in, not intervene, but he was also involved in the conversation. Who knows what it was about? Um, then there's, I saw a still shot of AJ Brown's like looking, like kind of peering over at Sirianni. So uh, who knows? Who knows? I see people saying like Sirianni might have lost the locker room or he might lose the locker room. And I don't know if he has yet, but um, I could see, I could see it happening. Honestly, I could see that happening. Hundred percent. We've seen it happen with this team uh, before. Yeah. Ty, uh, so. Ty, let me ask you a question though. Like, do you like what would that be more indicative of him, or would that be the fact that these players are so like? You guys went to the Super Bowl last year. You were the, easily yeah. the best team in the league. You're still eleven and four. I get you're not playing at the level that you want to, and yada yada yada. But 
I mean, at the first the first hit of adversity, you're all going to turn your back on him. Like, uh, what what does that say more? Is it more of a Sirianni is just not a good coach, or is it that these players are all soft? It might be a little bit of both. I think I don't know how many. Like, if there was like a a coup, I don't know how many people would be behind it, uh, other than AJ Brown, if he if he even was behind it. So <laughs> I don't know if it speaks. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I guess we'll have to wait for the. Maybe we should text Justina Anderson, see what she has to say about this. <clears throat> see if she can get to the bottom of it like she did in 2017. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think the defense is still still my uh, my primary concern. I mean, we got some pressure. We had 18 pressures, six from uh, Hassan Reddick, three from Sweat, three from BG, zero from Jalen Carter, zero from Jordan Davis. We traded it up for Jordan Davis, and we took him over a very exceptional player at a position of absolute need, and that was Kyle Hamilton. And uh, that that doesn't look good. I don't like that decision at all. And you know, people are going to say, "Well, Jordan Davis, he he plays his role very well." And you know, he's he, I don't know, man. I, I I just don't know. I mean, his 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 PFF grades have have dropped from last year to this year. Uh, I don't notice him at all. Yeah. Um, I don't notice him do anything in the run game really ever. Uh, I noticed I noticed ninety three Mill Williams much more than I notice uh, Jordan Davis or even Jalen Carter of the last couple weeks. A lot of Bears fans were uh, I've been talking a little. A little chippy lately because the guy they drafted, Javon Dexter, he was kind of the opposite of Jalen Carter. He wasn't playing well in the first half of the year. Now he's playing really well. They think they have a steal there. Maybe Jalen Carter's hit a rookie wall. I, I can see it. He's young. He was always kind of raw uh, with his pass rushing moves and ability to you know win. Um, so I, I've seen him get stonewalled a bunch of times. I, I'm not worried about him worried necessarily, about him. but yeah. But um, it, you know the two Georgia boys, they're not playing well, but um. Keely Ringo is. So uh, hopefully we get Nicobe Dean back. I wouldn't say we need him, but it would be really nice to have uh, just a, a you know group of linebackers, like Cunningham, uh, Shaq Leonard, may- maybe even Ben, ben uh, Van Summer, who played pretty well. He had an 81.8, uh, 81.9 grade this week in 36 snaps. Um, just solid across the board, run defense. Tack- we, didn't, we missed two tackles that game. That was good to see. But we did have two turnovers. We did have nine penalties. Uh, so just, just we really still have to clean things up, and I really hate that we're at this point in the season. And we have to clean things up, and we have to, you know, uh, we're uh, hoping and praying that our coaching staff can get it together. It's like these things should have been hammered out in like week nine, ten. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess if you look around the league, like almost every team is having some kind of adversity. Every team is, you know, going through it. Brock Purdy just threw ten picks this week. Uh, the Cowboys, now everyone's like, oh, is their season over? I'm like, Jesus Christ. I, I think they're still – maybe the favorites come out of the NFC, possibly, if all things are rolling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So maybe it's not all bad for us because it's, it's bad for everybody right now. I mean, wh- what team is even – I guess the Ravens. They're the only team that's like hot right now that's not really worried about anything. And, you know, Lamar honestly should probably be the front runner for MVP, I think. I mean, the, the fact that he's doing all this – I mean, he doesn't have that many touchdowns and people keep saying that, but – Gus Edwards has like seven one-yard rushing touchdowns, and Justice Hill has like five two-yard rushing touchdowns. So, you know, he's doing it with an absolute decrepit Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman who hurts his foot every week, Zay Flowers a solid rookie, Mark Andrews is done. They don't really have the, a good running back, so um, I think he should probably be MVP. Maybe Tyreek Hill, honestly. I mean, the Dolphins or McCaffrey. Or, yeah, or McCaffrey. Honestly, that's that that is their MVP of that team. Hundred I mean, percent. That's I why I was always mad when people would say Brock Purdy. I'm like, dude, if they didn't have Mc. I mean, 
I guess it's easy to say about any team, but it just always felt like they that team has such weapons. McCaffrey is such a difference maker, man. Like, yeah, he's also MVP for uh, you know pulling Olivia Culpo, so I uh, can't be mad at him for that. But yeah, you know, looking around the league, I think I'm starting to feel a little bit better, uh, or at least not as bad about the birds, just because everybody else has something going on. Everybody else is battling a huge weakness. But the turnovers and the penalties are really just something that cannot happen. And it, they keep happening. Um, especially, you know, opening the second half, you get the ball and then you give it right back to a team. Like, you know, what if we were down 27 to 10? Or, uh, you know, what if we we're down whatever score? Like, that shit like that can't happen. You know what I mean? Like, the, the stuff that we did in the beginning half of the year where we're down at half and we, we, we're the comeback kids. Like, that shit like that can, will not fly in the playoffs. So. Definitely some uh, some things to clean up. I think the O line is is starting to gel together a little bit. Um, I think uh, I think I think we're starting to slowly round out round round into playoff form. But I definitely have uh, uh, my list of concerns. Well, I'll tell you one of my number one list of concerns is Ty. Can you tell me the last time Josh Sweat had a sack? Uh, uh was it against? I feel like I remember him doing the celebration, but I just don't know who it was against. Was it against the Bills? No, the, the so he had he's had a couple tackles for loss, and I think that those will get you the uh, the old sweaty celebration. But yeah, yeah, Ty. In fact, he has not had a sack since November fifth against the Dallas Cowboys at home. That was the last time Eesh. he had a sack. Almost he, two months. He has six and a half sacks on the year. He was you know he was on a little bit of a tear early on in the season, and then it seems like he just hit a wall and. Six straight games without a Josh Sweat sack. You know, Reddick has 11 sacks, so he's not, you know, having that all that bad of a year. But So nobody else really, I, you know, last year we had, what, five guys with 10 or some shit like that? And yeah, year, and we had 70 one. sacks, I think, which was like a record for a whole team to have that many sacks. And it's just, they have really fallen by the wayside this year. It's It's been a tough, tough thing to see, but. It's um, kind of crazy, dude. Our None of our DBs have a sack. No. Not one. That's no. like I understand that they're DBs, but you know they blitz. It's 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 a good thing to blitz your DBs, and um, we just have not. I guess I mean again, I think it's our greater issue as a team. I think is our coordinators, both of them. I think have had issues, and I just saw somebody uh, tweet something about how we miss how we miss uh, Jonathan Gannon. I was like, damn, I I guess we kind of do. Like <laughs> I thought we were going to miss Shane Steichen, which we one million percent do. But um, yeah, I mean. Again, we said this literally as soon as it happened last year that losing both coordinators, no matter what kind of team you have, like that's going to hurt, man. That's going to suck. Like uh, it happened to LSU when they won the national championship; they lost players and they lost coaches. And when you lose, you know, coaches, you have to learn a whole new system to a whole new group of guys, and um, it hasn't gone well uh, or smoothly, I guess, if, if you will. I do like the. I don't know. I, I the feeling of the defense. Yeah, I have a better, just uh, I guess, a little bit more confidence in Matt Patricia's ability to kind of get these guys in the right. It just it seemed like with Sean Desai, they were just completely lost, right? I, I, I mean, and I just count that this this team, this Eagles defense, gave up what nine points of honest, uh, you know, of honest scores because I mean the pick six. And the, you know, getting the ball, them getting the ball on the 10-yard line, I don't count that as, like, that, you know, yeah. that they're I mean, they only had 200 say. yards of t- yeah. total offense, or 292, I'm sorry, but, you know, we had But still, a lot of that was, like, so. trash time, you know, like, they were going up and down the field because they were throwing yeah. the ball constantly. And we the just end had of the, the game, that drive, where, yeah. you know, 
I did get a little nervous, so but I was like, you I know, don't they like that. We really are not good at the end, like at the end of these games, these end of game yeah. drives. They people really have their way with us, and the I think it, catch. I was like, I was. I was furious. There was three guys, four guys right there. I was like, bro, what the... And Waller honestly cost them that game because he was asking for a sub in that situation, which, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, 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 dude, like, get up, bro. Get up. Get on the line. They were going to spike the ball no matter what. You have to be aware a little bit of what the situation is. I, I get you got cracked, but come on, man. Like... That they burnt a lot of clock with that because they were all walking around. Then the ref came in, stopped them because they were gonna sub, and then he didn't sub, and then he ran back over and lined up. It was. I guess you could say he's soft as a plum if you get it. Oh, shout out to Kelsey, but uh, I, I did get that. There you go. Uh, I think honestly, the Eagles would have been in trouble if Ty Robb would have played this whole game because he was getting the ball where it needed to be, and he's feeling himself. Yeah, t- Tommy DeVito is horrible. Tommy, Cull- dude. So yesterday at the bar, this, these Giants fans. I, all, all I hear is, dude, how great of a story, though, would it be if, if Tommy DeVito just became, like, a franchise quarterback? I think he can do it. And I'm, like, I'm listening to this. I'm, like, he just got benched. Like, it, yeah, it's a good story and all, but let, calm down. Hey, man, I love a good Italian-American triumph story as much as the next well, guy. But it's not that, – that ain't it. That's not going to happen. <laughs> He'll be – I mean, he's not, like – I mean, he's bad. He's bad. I, I, don't, I was about to try yeah. and give him a compliment, but he's just not good. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was very ha- – like, I was sad when they took him out because I was like, oh, shit, we might be yeah. in trouble here. Like, so, But, you know, in this league that we have now with, you know, Aiden O'Connell's getting started, Easton Stick, uh, what, what, what just happened? This week we have uh, three new quarterbacks that are coming. Jacoby Brissett, uh, the, whoever's on the Stidham. Broncos, Stidham, and somebody else. Whatever, it doesn't matter, but there's – there's a lot of bad backup quarterbacks, third stringers, and, and whatnot. So, you know, Bailey Zappi's, you know, he's got people buying Zappi jerseys in New England. That's how much, you know, how, how desperate they are for a good quarterback. So, yeah, I'm sure Tommy Cutlets can hang around for a little bit, but uh, eventually, you know, when he throws three pick sixes, three pick sixes in a row in a game or some shit, they're gonna they're gonna run him out of New York or New Jersey, if you will. Um, yeah. So after the maybe game- he comes to Philly. After the game tie, Eagles win 33-25, comes down to the very end, last you know, last drive, last play, last gasp. And it, it was close. Like, that play, like, they could have called pass interference at the back of the end zone there because I'm pretty sure Bradley Roby just annihilated somebody like, in the back of the end zone while the ball was in the air. So it was like, oh, oh. I'm sitting there looking, and I'm, like, watching people shake hands. I'm like, wow, they didn't throw a flag. Like, there was a couple plays at the end of the game where I, I guess I'm just so conditioned to watching the NFL that, like, everything's a flag. So I just assume yeah. that, oh, yeah, they're going to throw a flag here. They're going to throw a flag here. Like, I guess I have to kind of get my brain out of that mode. But uh, game was over. They won. You know, woohoo! Uh, I had People talked me off the ledge. And then, uh, you know, after the game, it's, uh, you know, A.J. Brown. I guess I'm, that's, exactly, that's what I'm going to get to. But, you know, everyone spoke. You know, Sirianni's press conferences have become a real hot topic here in Philadelphia just to see what he's going to say, how's he going to defend himself. You know, Sirianni was fired up after the game, which probably turned some Eagles fans off because the Eagles fans are not happy right now with the way that the team has played. And I saw some people say, oh, like, you got Eagles fans have turned into snobs. You know, they, that's 1% percent of uh, winning, one little taste of, like, excellence, and they're just, you know, they, that's all they will accept. But... Ty, are we wrong in feeling a little bit like not not too thrilled about beating the the Giants at the last gasp of the game? I mean, are we have we turned into snobs? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I think it's kind of fair criticism that we've given all year long. I mean, 
it's just been like a constant uphill battle. It seems like with this team, you know, last year was so much more smooth and smooth sailing and just free flowing. And this year, just there's always something like the turnovers just keep happening. Yeah, penalties keep happening. Bad OC, uh, bad play calling keeps happening, and then you know defensive miscues keep happening. It seems like the offensive, defense, and special teams we're not we're not all synced up uh, for a large part of, of games, and that's that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. We need some continuity, and it seems like we just we're missing some some key components that make up a uh, championship level team. So. No, I don't think we're I think we're snobs at all. I mean, I guess if anybody were to be a snobs, it would be the Chiefs fans because they have two rings. Yeah, so they can they can handle a little bit of adversity, you know. Uh, we have none, uh, at least you know since the last one in 2017. But with this core group of players, with this with this team, we we don't have anything. We got there, we lost, and uh, I don't I wouldn't bet on us to get back. But anything happens, so <clears throat> we'll see. If we end the season on a high note, if we win it all, I mean. Yeah, you know, all, all the all the optimists um or all the um yeah, all the optimists can talk their shit, I guess, but I I don't know. I, I still have concerns, I still have doubts. The third down defense is still bad. Uh what was it in this game? Let us see four fourteen the Giants were. So not not good. So, you know, at least we um at least we fixed that or at least have done better in that in that I mean but like, needed, we needed played that. them. We played them twice, and then we played the Cardinals. So, like, how much are we really seeing? You know, we're not we're not seeing a playoff team. So, or I don't want to say we're stat padding or we're, you know whatever, but I don't want these last couple weeks to you know make people think that oh no, this team's changed. They they turned things around the last three weeks. Like maybe not. I mean, we we were supposed to have four uh, four games at the end of the year that we could win, and we lost the one to the Seahawks. So, um, I guess we're just have to wait till the playoffs. Really, I mean. Yeah, I'm. I'm like we we talked about this last week. Like it, it, this was not, you know, the the Seahawks game was kind of like the line in the sand where it's like, oh, okay, like they're not, they're really not that good. Like that, that's where I was like, that's a game where you have to win. I know you're going on the road, whatever. And it was more to me like if they had came out and just been flat or whatever, I would have been mad. But it's like okay, they was just a bad like. That would have been three games in a row. They were flat. They came out. They were up double digits in that game, and they blew it to Drew Locke. They let Drew Locke drive down the field with no, you know, what do you have? No timeouts left. I'm pretty sure. And, and you know, maybe yeah, one ninety-two time, like, yard drive. Ninety-two yard drive just looked like Joe Montana. So that's where it was like the way it happened was ugly, and you just wanted nothing to do with it. I I don't know, man. I I, I just I have trouble feeling good we talked about it last week I, I have trouble feeling good about beating up Tommy DeVito and the Giants beating up on the lowly Arizona Cardinals who are I think what four and 12 now is it, or yeah, they're pretty bad they're three and tw- whatever they are they're not good and I, I'm I have a trouble getting uh excited about them or excited about a game against them especially this is going to be probably three games in a row tie that we're going to be at least a touchdown favorite. You know, we're double-digit favorites in back-to-back weeks. And, I mean, who knows if we actually go and cover this week. But after this past week, you know, there was some people came out. Like, especially, like, I love, like, the, the way Devontae Smith has handled all of this has been incredible to me. It, you know, just typical Saban guy, not happy with what's going on, but not going to bury his teammates not going to, you know, well, listen, we won, but, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not thrilled. This is a quote from him after the game. He actually talked to the media after the game and stood in front of the people. And he was the one that was kind of letting Sirianni know, like, yo, you got to chill out, bro. Like, you're fucking freaking out for no reason because 
I'm pretty like didn't Siri didn't the Eagles burn a timeout and, and then during that last drive that was just like dumb. Uh, there was just a lot of dumb shit going on. And I think that Reddick was trying to figure out what was going on and why is he interjecting his himself into that conversation? That was weird to me. But we're not playing good football right now as an offense. We're not where we we want to be. I'm not satisfied. Yeah, we got 11 wins, but I'm not happy. It needs to be better for what I want to do, what everybody else in here wants to do, what we what we want to be. We're nowhere near that, so no, I'm not happy, right? Like that that seems like a like an appropriate answer. Like, yeah, we won. Like we got 11 wins, but I'm not I'm not happy, you know? Like and I think that's kind of the mentality we should have. Yeah, I'm definitely not, you know, people like I said earlier in the year, people kept coming up to me like, "Yo, you're Eagles, man. 9 and 1, 8 and 1, 7 and 1." I'm like, "Bro, please like you know i love it sure when a win is a win w is more important than any other stat but like you need some nuance when you're discussing a team and how well they're playing and everything like you know look at brock purdy's win loss record in the nfl you think he's the best quarterback ever he probably has the best winning percentage uh minimum however many starts but it's how you get it done right so yeah we haven't we haven't looked pretty all year you know so um I guess we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully we get, I think right now, I don't know, are we projected to get the Rams? Is that what I'm saying? I, I, listen, I wouldn't love that. I, Matthew Stafford, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, when they're all healthy, that team is humming. So I, I wouldn't love that. I think we'd win, but um, I, I still kind of get nervous, especially like at the, you know, in the playoffs with these corners. We still have guys that are injured, right? Slay and Nakobe Dean are still out. Uh, we need them back. Is Dickerson hurt too, right? So, yeah. Uh, you know, not being fully healthy yet is a little worrisome. somewhere almost in January. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm not pressing the panic button, but I'm looking at it. If the season ended today, Ty, we would be playing the Seahawks in Philadelphia uh, during the wild card round. So I uh, hope that gets you excited. I hope you get fired up for that. But so the Browns, the Seahawks, Seahawks. I don't know why I thought the Browns. I think <laughs> I just I don't know what. I'm like they're in the AFC. <laughs> uh, no, we 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 owe the Seahawks for him, but imagine we lost to him again. Jesus. So after the game, AJ Brown did not talk to the media. Ty, he uh, declined when they came to him. He said, "I was taught if I had nothing good to say, to say nothing at all. Uh, gotcha. I'll take the fine if I have to." So, for whatever reason, again after a win, he's upset. And angry. A win where he was force-fed the ball in the second half. Yes, where he was just getting fed the ball. He's not happy, and he will he will not talk to the media. He will not say anything nice. He couldn't even go out there and fake it and say, you know, we got to get this right, and we're, we're you know, I think we're trending in the right direction. Our offense, you know, kind of looked good today. You could make up whatever you want. He, he, you not saying anything or saying this bullshit that I just read is way worse than anything he could have said. That was kind of cookie cutter and nothing answers. He made uh, made this a much bigger situation than it really had to be because now, Ty, it's like what a lot of the people are talking about. It's wow, what did they, what did he mean by that? You know, what what was he what what was he angry about? What 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 was he what was he not going to say that wasn't nice? You know, so it's he has gone he's gone out and done his best job at creating any possible distraction that he that he can, and I'm almost positive that he's one of the top leaders for receiving yards. Is he not? I mean, he is tearing it up this year. So I, I don't understand what he's always... I, like, I get... We understand Third. the team itself 
has not played the played that well. It has not played great. We are very aware of that. But everyone has you have everyone has been able to deal with it in their own way and has been able to understand that we are in control of this. Jalen Hurts played much better in this game. The offense played much better in this game. What are you so mad about? That's what I want to know. And what do you think it is? I I wish I knew. He's third in receptions. He's fifth in targets. Uh, he's third in yards, I should say. Fifth in targets. Fifth in receptions. Um, actually, he's actually he is second in the league in targets behind Garrett Wilson, who uh, you know they don't they can't get the ball to that guy. So. Yeah, he's one ahead of Lamb, two ahead of Keenan Allen. He's got more more than Tyreek and Devontae and St. Brown and Puka and Diggs and Pittman. Like, I don't know. I don't – is it – it can't be that he wants the ball more. It can't be that because he, he got the ball as much as he, he possibly could in the second half. I don't know. I have a feeling that it's just the the scheme, the play calling, the design of plays in the offense because it, it, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look like how it did last year. We're not taking deep shots. We're not as successful with deep shots. Uh, like you said, we're not really going over the middle, so it's like, what even? What are what are we even running? It seems like we're running yeah. a very vanilla, basic, just gross offense. Like you know, there's nothing sexy about. It. Like San Francisco runs some sexy ass offense. So is Miami, and um, I just don't really know. I, th- I, I at least that's my opinion. I don't know what he's mad at. He could be mad at anything. It could be yeah. like the air quality. Uh, it could be the 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 L on the Lincoln Financial. Um, Sign, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, is like the way the they flag. chant the, uh, the, the they do the Eagles chant. He doesn't like the the song. It could be a lot of stuff. Yeah, like the. It could be anything. Jason Kelsey's beard, the coffee in maybe. the Nova Care Center. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I have. A, I have a good feeling. It's the offensive scheme. It's it's the way they just like, you know, don't really, uh, don't really have this, this. Uh, grand plan of how to run an offense no. from a coaching standpoint you know it's kind of just uh well we got it we, we have some guys so let's hopefully they win they win their reps and uh let's try to get them the ball on a slant like that's it and you know uh, maybe, maybe that's it that has to be it at least that's what i'm thinking because i I'm, it can't be jalen jalen hasn't been that bad you know i think he's more like his 2021 self than 2022 but he's also hampered with the knee and we have no other third receiving threat we have goddard back now but uh, you know, Zacchaeus, Quez, Watkins, Julio. There's nobody else out there receiver besides Smith and Brown. Uh, yeah. We don't really f- throw to our running backs. Um, they played, but they both played well. I thought Gainwell had a couple of good, good little plays. So uh, it has to be the play calling and, and the play design. But who knows? I would probably agree with that. Uh, and the thing that has sucked is that AJ Brown has done his best to kind of show up Jalen Hurts in any situation that he can on the sideline, or you know, it, it just. I wish he would just chill the fuck out every once in a while and not make everything the biggest deal that it possibly can be. But that's kind of just what being a uh, diva wide receiver, that's kind of what it entails. And, you know, there's a reason that the Titans didn't want to give him that bread that they gave it, they gave him. And, you know, now we are kind of maybe realizing that the downfalls, the pitfalls, I guess, because I I still love having A.J. Brown. Make no mistake about it. Uh, He is a great player. He has made a difference for this offense, and I appreciate what he has brought to us. But there are some negatives to having him, and we are kind of experiencing some of those negatives. And it's unfortunate, but we will have to get through this. I think, I mean, 
if I was in his situation, maybe I would feel the same way, uh, you know, towards the uh, Brian Johnsons and the Nick Sirianni's of the world. I would yeah. do my best to not let the media know about it, let the people outside know about it, because that just shows your team any weakness. And I'm, you know, I mean, if you're truly a competitor, then you don't want anyone outside of your building to think that there's anything wrong. You would want everyone to know that we're all on the same page and everything. And it, it, Unlike last year, this team just feels like they're not on the same page. It does feel like the team, not even, I would say, like, maybe the the year after we won the Super Bowl, uh, again, when we had Wentz came back, and it just seemed like we were just disjointed the entire year. You know, like, the year before that was like we were just blowing teams out. It was like a, like a wave that just crushed anyone in, in its way. And we, we went on, rolled through the Super Bowl, you know, won, whatever. Then the next year, we, you know, you bring Wentz in, you know, he's, uh, you know, hurt still kind of. And he comes in and he, it's just the team's just not the same. Now, we didn't, it's not the same situation, but I guess you could say, you know, with the offensive coordinator. And that was another team that lost its offensive coordinator, you know? I mean, Frank yep. Wright got a, got a job right after that. And maybe that has been the thing that has really just hampered this team. And, who did they even hire the year after that for the offensive coordinator? I know what Doug was not doing a great job of hiring offensive uh, coordinator. I mean, I'm pretty sure Press Taylor at one point was calling plays for the Eagles. Yeah. It, it, it was a uh, you know, I guess it's a just a minor thing that doesn't really matter. But Mike Grow, there you go. Work. There you go. See that, that that's all work. you need to know. And Mike Grow did a couple years, and then they fired him, and they got somebody and else. Steichen in there, came and they, in. Yeah, and then Steichen came in, and he was a complete difference maker. Yeah, like, they let him call the plays, and and that's why I'm like, Sirianni keeps saying the offense is fine and the play calling is not the problem. Well, they're like, something is the problem. So week after week, we keep, like, wondering. And when you see that spray chart, you're like, wow. Like, is it – it can't be that Jalen doesn't like throwing the ball across the middle because you see some of them from last year, and – he was throwing that ball across the middle. I'm pretty sure he threw one ball across the middle uh, on on Monday, Ty. You know what that was? The touchdown. The thir- the 35-yard uh, yeah. touchdown to Devontae yep. Smith. So Seems like it works, right? Also, Devontae Smith, I saw his like route running tree, and it was all just like garbage. Yeah. Like, just like he's all on the right side of the field, and he's just like doing these little just – I don't even know what you would call him because I'm not an X's and O's guy, but like it was just not pretty. Like Devontae Smith's one of the best route runners in the league, man. You got to get put him downfield like – you had these two thousand yard receivers back to back years for the first time ever, I think. So, you know, give them something good to run, man. Like we're running these basic, simple concepts and routes, and I just, yeah, I just, I don't like it. I don't of all, like it at all. And, and of all like coaches, it would be different if we had maybe a Sean McDermott as a head coach. And it's like, all right, we need to get somebody in here. Like Nick Sirianni, I'm pretty sure was a wide receiver in college, and he's been an offensive coach his entire career. There is no excuse for this for this kind of thing to be happening for our wide receivers to be running such shitty patterns and for our offense to be so milk toast and just so predictable. It has been week after week after week and we all know what's happening. They keep running those fucking bubble screens. They keep running all of this stuff that we hate and it just it's not going to it's apparently it's not going to end and I, 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 it feels to me like they don't want to throw Brian Johnson under the bus to kind of hurt his ability to get a head coaching job. But at the end of the day, Ty, you got to do what's best for your franchise and for your team and to win this year. And it, 
honestly, the, the sad thing about this, and that's kind of my whole point in this little diatribe, is I don't even think going to Sirianni as the play caller would really affect anything or change because I don't think, if this is really his offense, then I don't think he's that good of a play caller or a, yeah. at drawing up an offense. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's the head coach. This is his team. Like, if, if he doesn't like what the calls are, he's going to put his own calls in. And I, I don't know if he's done that much, but if he has, that has been good. So, you know, I'm kind of wondering where we can get some uh, the offensive philosophy, where we can upgrade that at. I'm not sure. We can't bring Mr. Steichen back. So um, I, this is just what we have. We yeah. have to just deal with the, deal the cards we, we were dealt, I guess. Man, it's a problem that maybe they can fix in the offseason. We keep talking about that. But I, and I even wonder if they would do that because it would almost yeah. – like stuff like this is the shit that causes me to not even want to like – I would like – if they were bringing back the same coaching staff next year on the offensive oh. side of the ball, it would make me not want to watch anymore. Like I would be yeah. like oh, – like, I'd be very I would sad. watch, but it would be like emotionally checked out where I'm like, oh, they're not going to win anything because it's the same problems as last year. If, they, if they're not going to fix them, if – like it, it has been – Four months now, and they still are running the same exact shit that they did in the beginning of the season. And they're going to point to, well, we're 11-4. and four. Yeah, but everybody knows you're not good enough. Everybody. Even your own yeah. players know it. So something needs to change. But, Ty, we got a game this weekend against the Cardinals, who, you know, we have talked about they're not they're, they're not all that great. You know, it's they're yeah. they're, pr- they're pretty bad. What are they coming off of? Uh, I I didn't I don't I believe really... they lost to I, I don't know was it the Rams? They are no they lost to the Bears. Well, holy smokes, man! Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they the week before they gave up forty five to the Niners. Uh, McCaffrey that was the game. McCaffrey just had an absolute field day. The week before they beat the Steelers, so that you know congratulations to that. But it has been <laughs> a rough year for those uh, Arizona Cardinals. One of their wins. It's the Dallas Cowboys, the shining star. Hey. Thank you for that, by the way. This is the Jonathan Gannon return game, Ty. Uh, does that give you any a little bit more juice or excitement? I, this might be a game I might have to get in the building for, just to you know give give, Johnny, house, to give Johnny Gannon a piece of my mind. But Johnny G, baby, Johnny yeah, G. I mean, they gave up. Good. They gave up a uh, hundred and some hundred and just had in front of me hundred and two hundred and fifty. <laughs> 250 rushing yards to the Chicago Bears. Um, so I think we should have tremendous success running the ball. Gainwell, Swift, Hertz, McSweeney. Yeah, we should we should we should run all over them. I think, um, and then that that'll open up the passing game. I, I, I just don't know what. <laughs> I honestly just don't know what the Cardinals really have to offer on defense. I do like I do love Trey McBride for them on offense, but <clears throat> other than that, they don't have many many much of anything. It yeah. seems like no, it, they are really uh, just limited. I mean that Kaiser White, I guess. Yeah. Who's catching passes for them? Is it? I think it's Mike Wilson um, and um, Hollywood when he's when he's healthy. Michael Wilson from Stanford, Rondale Moore, uh, Greg Dortch. He's the one who did the "You're You're Too Small" celebration when they were down thirty-eight to six. Nice, I did um, remember when that. he caught such. <laughs> <laughs> James Conner, I guess, runs the ball, catches the ball. Imari DiMarcado, Keontae Ingram gets in there. Like just a bunch of just mid pack. So, yeah, uh, Jeff Swaim. Yeah, they're just. This is a bad, bad Zach football Haskell. team. 
Zach Pascal, it appears, has played in 12 games and has four catches on the year <laughs> for 19 yards. Hey, at least he's a good, uh, you know, locker room guy. He's really uh, smart. Yeah. He's a good he blocker. Play, he's a great blocker. He might, play, he might play Warzone with uh, Kyler Murray. So uh, hopefully it's double XP weekend this weekend so we can get Kyler Murray uh, out of sorts. I don't even know. think that'll be the problem. I, I, I think yeah. what the uh, – maybe we – I don't know if this is the game for it to happen, but maybe we can get some of those guys back. The Darius Slays. Uh, I don't know about Hopefully. Landon Dickerson. I mean, we don't really Dean. need to rush that. Dean, Avante Maddox. You know, time is yeah, you know, it's getting him. closer and closer to that happening. Please. So, you know, the, you got Nick Morrow and Zach Cunningham are both listed as questionable on here. I'm not so sure what's going on with that right now. But I think... You know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this game. The, this is a team that's trying to lose the Arizona Cardinals. They have yeah. a quarterback who's not good, you know, and it seems like they're going to be stuck with him now. They're not even going to be able to draft a quarterback because they, he has so much dead cat money on on his thing that they're just they're just stuck. They're screwed. And gotta get a Marv. Uh, and yeah, like that's that's what I, like every report is saying that they're going to go out and get Marvin Harrison uh, Jr. if they. You know, get one of the I think number two or number three, like one of those top picks. It's it's unfortunate. Like if I were them, I would just draft the quarterback and have Murray sit on the bench for a little. Like I'm not going to miss an opportunity. Like if I were able to get like Caleb Williams or something like that, then I would just pick him and have Kyler deal with it. Just send him away and let him go play COD for a couple years or whatever. I I, I don't know. Like become a COD pro. Yeah, just go go chill with the Phase Clan or whatever and go do your thing. (laughs) And I, I I don't know like. And that's a tough, tough situation when you give money. I mean, we know it as Eagles fans. When you give money to a quarterback who's not good, it's it kind of just you know hamstrings your franchise for a couple of years. It, it is what it is. But Ty, they they gotta like you said, they gotta run the ball on them. They have to be able to move the ball. This game's in Philly. Jonathan Gannon is the one that cost us from having Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator. So we we gotta we gotta take advantage. We we this is a con- it should be a game that they get up for and they are want to kind of you know take care of business. I, I know maybe it doesn't mean as much to the players as much as it would be to the fans to kind of rub it in Jonathan Gannon's face, but it's more of just a we have to get this right. We got to get ready for the playoffs. We can't come in here and just sleepwalk through some of these games. We're not in that position like we were maybe last year. So. They got to go out there, man. They got to take care of business, and I'd like to see the offense build on their on their stuff. And uh, I mean, you know, it does worry me that Kyler Murray could scamper his little legs around and maybe make some plays and kind of hurt our defense. But I also would like to see our defense, you know, get, our our defensive line maybe get some sacks. You know, maybe keep him in the pocket and just make him throw the ball. It's that's seems like the the way to be. I mean, we're we're talking about a three and twelve team here. I'm not going to get too excited if they beat them, but they, they need to cover one of these games at some point, Ty. Yeah, great teams cover, right, is what, is what they always say. So. We're not great. Uh, it's that's, the, that's what it seems like, but uh, there you go. Eagles, Cardinals. What is? I guess we haven't given our prediction yet. I am going to go 35-17. to 17. I'm going to say 34-20. Yeah, like they got to cover. They just, they just have to do it. It opened up at 12.5. It's now down to 10.5, so... Maybe maybe Vegas knows something. They think that the card the cards are going to keep this close. Uh, I have a t- like 
you, you just name some of those players that on the outside, like, are they going to, you know, maybe Brad Barry's just going to get cooked by Mike Wilson all day long. I I, I don't know. Maybe. maybe yeah. You know, uh, is Rondale Moore still running around out there for them? Uh, I mean, maybe he's Yes, gonna, remember he killed us one game. I yeah, think. he's maybe he'll go out there. Yeah, that was last year, right? He smoked us uh, out in the desert. So maybe, so. you know, I, I would like to see the Eagles just get this r- trend in the direction of getting this right. Maybe maybe get AJ Brown has 150 yards and then he'll will grace us with talking to the media after the game. So there is your Eagles discussion and talk. We did 52 minutes, Ty, on the birds. Before we get out of here, we must talk about some other things, though. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Ty. Yoshi. He is a L.A. Dodger. How excited are you? 12 years, 300. And $25 million. And then the Dodgers also had to post an extra $50 million to the franchise that they got him from in Japan. That's pretty wild, man. I mean, that just that's a billion dollars on two Japanese superstars that the Dodgers went out and spent. You got to be, as a uh, Dodger fan, fired up that this is, you know, your, this is your franchise. This is your team. That went out there and didn't settle for two years in a row coming up short. They went out and got two elite, elite players. Well, I mean, I guess potentially elite players. Because yeah. I see a lot of people are like, well, he's never thrown a pitch. It's like, yeah, well, uh, we saw him throw in the uh, World Baseball Classic. And they got we seen the guy pitch for many years in the... Uh, and the Japanese, uh, I don't even know what the league is called. NBP, the, the NBP, Nippon right. Professional Baseball. Yes. They yeah, he was in the Oryx Buffaloes. So shout out to the Buffaloes for sending him over. Um, yeah, I guess he. Um, I guess he's a three-time Pacific League MVP, so I'll take it. You know, that, that league's filled with talent. Um, I did not realize how small he was, so he's a, he's a bit on the shorter side, 5'10", 175. That might be an issue, but uh, I saw some people say that the baseball they use over there is different. Um, I guess it's less sticky and it's either smaller or something like that. So that could be an issue. Um, I saw some people say that if he was, um, if they put him in the prospect pool, he would be like top 10, top 20. I was like, okay, that's a little concerning ish, but you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to come in right away and be a superstar off the bat, but it seems like he has a good fastball sits 94, 95 touches, uh, you know, 97, 98, 99. He's got a nice little curveball. Um, I think he has a cutter that's like awesome and a um, splitter, a nice splitter, a nice split change. So um, it seems like he has a deep arsenal, and that's really all I all I care about. He's got a bunch of good pitches that move. Um, he has really good command. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be an adjustment period coming over here, but um, he's, you know, I don't think he's going to have that much pressure on him. I think the spotlight will be on Otani, even though he's not pitching. And then you're going to have guys like Glass now, maybe Kershaw's back. Um, I think Bueller should be ready. Dustin May, maybe he'll pop up here and there. Maybe Urias or Bauer come back. I probably hope not, but um, <clears throat> I don't think he's going to be our ace and we're going to give him like this ace workload and say, all right, go win us 20 games. But, uh, you know, when you give somebody that money, the most money you've ever uh, a pitcher's ever gotten, obviously the expectations are high. Um, I just think there's going to be a – he's 25, right? He's, he's still yeah. young. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's – I think it's fair for him to struggle early. I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, you know him and Otani. I, I think they're pretty good friends. So that was awesome. That was huge. Uh, Otani b- also bought Joe Kelly's wife a car. He Saw bought her that. a Porsche because she led the campaign to give him number seventeen from Joe. So shout out to that. that was that was awesome. 
I'm sure she doesn't need it, but <laughs> she she couldn't believe her she couldn't believe her eyes when she saw it. So shout out to good guy Otani for doing that. I still think we need some work. We need to work on a couple moves. I saw somebody say we want Emmanuel Classe. I would love Mr. Classe. Yeah, um, I would too. Josh Hate. I, I would I would love Josh Hader, but you know he's gonna get like six years, one thirty. So nope. I, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I mean, listen, it's not my money. So if they want to keep shelling out money, fucking go ahead. But eventually, it, it it kind of caps you at what you what else you can do. So I, you know, give give uh, Jordan Hicks three years, forty million. Uh, sign some other reliever, trade for some guy. I don't know, but uh, maybe one more outfielder too. I think I really wanted Randy Rosarina with Glass now instead of uh, Manuel Manuel Margot, but. It is what it is. You know, the Rays also are having their own troubles. I don't know if you saw what happened with Wander Franco, but he's missing. Nobody knows where he is. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they were <laughs> going to come for him at some point. He's, you know. Yeah, the feds, the feds did a sweep, but they didn't find him. So um, if, you, if, you have any, uh, location, if you have any whereabouts on where he is, let me know. So um, I will lead this manhunt myself. Get that reward money. I will but, be um, the new dog, the bounty hunter, if you need yeah, me to find will, Wander Franco. Yes. Um, so yeah, I love it. I love it. Go, go, be aggressive. Go make some moves. I mean, the Braves—they—they've made a couple moves, but they haven't made anything big. The Yankees have done nothing. Um, the Phillies kept Nola, but they haven't done anything else. Nobody else has really done anything in general. I mean, <clears throat> there's all these Just been the trade. <clears throat> yeah, there's all these you know trades and and maybe this guy's on the market. The stove is 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 pretty cold. It's pretty lukewarm at best. Maybe room temp, but it's, it seems like it's kind of chilly. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what exactly we're waiting for i mean everyone was saying oh otani's holding up the market well he signed he signed sealed and delivered uh i guess yoshi has not technically signed yet but i'm guessing that won't be an issue yeah i mean um, i so yeah, i knew it was I, bad um, news when he was going to the Rams game with uh with otani that night apparently was that was like, not true so really yeah apparently that was damn well false. that well it wound up uh, like, kind of funny that i'm watching the rams game and i'm getting an alert on my phone that's like hey by the way uh he's going to the dodgers and yeah it started to trickle down that night where i was like oh yeah he's going to the dodgers like it's kind of like a done deal and you had the feeling once that otani went there that it was like okay we might be in a little bit of uh trouble there. Yeah. but he's gonna uh, help us he's Otani's our best recruiter. He's probably the best recruiter yeah. in the country. So Philly still can't get any Japanese players to come play here. I think they've had two in their entire franchise, and then we had to sign them at towards the end. I mean, so Taguchi, I'm pretty sure. And oh, Ta- my I, God. I mean, that, those I are, forgot about he's got a him. Ring. Holy he's shit. Got a ring. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, he does. Those are the days. That's crazy. Yeah, I was just saying, they don't, they don't sign any Asian players. Like, they yeah. are not in the Asian market we're really the international we talked um, about that last episode it was really international yeah they stay out of that I, I guess it's not really by choice it's just kind of how it goes how right? it goes Maybe. yeah I, I mean they gotta they gotta win a world series and then capitalize after like they, they're really not one of them teams I mean we were in the hunt but if you have the option of coming to Philadelphia or going to Los Angeles uh, I mean if I'm from I mean especially if I'm not from this country I'm like oh yeah I'd go to Los Angeles you know like also like yeah, got Inter- international guys or Asian players specifically. They want the Pacific Pacific West Coast. Like the Padres yeah. just signed uh, an Asian pitcher, a less heralded Asian pitcher, but they just signed one. Uh, the Oakland A's signed uh, was it Fuji Fujinami? Fuji- Fujinami. Um, I think they got rid of him, but they signed him. Yeah. And like you know, the Giants were right there. It's so funny that everyone's you know, oh look at the Dodgers ruining baseball, ruining the sport. The sport is completely. Dead and buried and cooked because of the money to throw around. I'm like, bro, all we did was match 
two offers. We matched the Giants' offers for Otani. We matched the um, Mets' offer for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. <laughs> and they chose to sign with us over the other teams that had the same contracts. Maybe yeah. the deferrals were different, whatever. But the same deal. The same exact deal. The Angels probably the goddamn keys to the city and the team. And he didn't want to go there. Yoshi didn't want to go to the, to, to the Mets. Like, everybody kept saying, Yankees-Mets, Yankees-Mets, Yankees-Mets. And then the Dodgers signed him, and everyone's mad. But we, we gave him the same money. It's, if, we, if we only got one of Votani and Yamamoto, people wouldn't have cared. But since we got both, everyone's saying, oh, the sport's ruined. It's over. I'm not watching ever again. Like, okay, don't. Like, I don't care. You, I really could care less as well. Uh, 12 years, $325 million, wound up uh, averaging out to around 27 a year. So that's not really that bad, especially yeah. if he winds up you know, being what they think he's going to be and maybe a top of the rotation starter. It's, you know, I mean, it's a long time. That's the only concern. And I, I, I talked about if I was him, I wouldn't even have wanted to sign a 12-year deal because I would have liked to kind of cash in a second time maybe. Right. But, you know, I guess for him. I think there's an opt-out. I think there's an out after you're five and eight or six and eight or something like that. So I guess, bizarre. you know, if he's 30, 31, he's like, you know, fuck this, I'm leaving. You know, Otani, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I just think the bigger issue is uh, MLB owners not spending money. Dude, Art Moreno of the Angels has like a $4 billion net worth, and he has not spent money ever since the Angels were, were a team. Like, well, I mean, he, besides I, I, would say, no I would say he has. He just hasn't done it in the right era. I mean, he signed Rendon. And yeah. that was a horrible deal. The I, Justin Upton deal, I believe, was also bad. Um, I think I thought there was a pitcher too. So, but like all the other owners around the league, they're all rich. So, like, why are why isn't your favorite team spending money? Why, like, why are you mad at me when the Brewers? Um, yeah, I mean, you're so many teams a, out there. You like. know, seven hundred million. Uh, the Cardinals guy, four billion. The the Ricketts family for the Cubs, four point five billion. Like. You know, the Dodgers aren't the only rich team in baseball or with rich owners. The Guardians are run by the, the Dolans. The Dolans have so much money. Um, I'm trying to – Steve Cohen obviously has so much money. And, you know, the Mets have spent some money. But if, you're, if, if your team is that, you know, I don't say that bad because they're not awful, but they're not good, you, you'd think they'd be more aggressive, right? You're like, all right, we're not getting outbid for Yamamoto. We'll give them 350 um, John, the Red Sox owner, he's fucking loaded. Um, they all are. All of them are loaded. I mean, the Steinbrenners, the the, the Illiches, or the Tigers, uh, the the Poland or Palins, the Twins. Like, and the Twins are trying to cut money. They're trying to save money. Like, you're not good enough to win as it is. And you're saving money when your owner's sitting on four four Bs. Like, okay. you know, and you're mad at the Dodgers because they're going they're going after it. Come on, man. Like, I get it. Maybe I don't know. No, I, I, I would feel the too. same way. It's not like the uh, uh, my first thought. <clears throat> excuse me uh, when. He signed wasn't oh baseball's broken oh this isn't fair they need to like that wasn't the initial thought it was just like oh like you're talking about two case specific situations where Japanese players wanted to stay on the West Coast and play together like that's like that that's kind of the situation it really wasn't like a oh you know like if if Blake Snell and Matt Chapman and all these other guys went to LA, then it'd be like, oh, okay, baseball's broken and they don't want to play anywhere else but in LA. It's, I don't think that's the situation. I think today, if the Pirates came out and offered uh, Blake Snell a ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract, he would accept it on the spot. You know, but yeah. 
It's not it's not everyone else's fault that these teams don't want to spend money. And it's not like they don't have it. If you want to own a Major League Baseball team, you're going to have to spend money. That's how if you want to compete, you're going to have to spend money. I mean, look at the soccer teams over overseas. That's how you compete. You spend money. It's that simple. But uh, I guess I kind of wanted to talk about some of the other uh, free agents and maybe the Phillies. You know, I, I, we are we are a Philadelphia sports podcast at the end of the day. The Phillies, you, I mean, you even just said it. Like the the overall, not even just the Phillies, baseball has been real quiet with a lot of these. You know. Rumors and the, and the stove. The stove has been awful cold. I don't know if somebody didn't pay the gas bill or what. You know, if the electric bill. I don't know what kind of stove you may have. Yeah. But things have been real quiet, and it's I, it, sometimes it's like this. I mean, you know, Christmas. They don't really want to be focusing on this stuff. I imagine January, February. I mean, we didn't sign as a Phillies fan. We didn't sign Bryce Harper, uh, Castellanos, Schwarber until like February when when. We were talking about going to spring training, and, and that's when uh, they they were they were signed. I'm pretty sure they were in spring training when Castellanos signed. So it's uh, always a little bit. Uh, it's it's different every year, you know. I, I feel like when we were younger, it was a. Uh, it seemed like things were got done a lot quicker. I remember Cliff Lee was like right before Christmas when the uh, Phillies signed him or traded for him. I don't remember which which time that we acquired him, but uh, it, it just seems Merry like they, things are much different now. But Ty. I'm seeing an article here that I did want to talk about, which is three starting pitchers that the that could be trade targets for my Philadelphia Phillies. So I I, I was curious about this. I wanted to see what this guy would have to say, but uh, it the number one name, Framber Valdez. So that that's a <laughs> that gives me that triggers me a little bit because uh, that guy was. You know, cheating and clamping us up in the uh, World Series. All of a sudden, he's switching hats. He's switching gloves. He's sweating. I mean, that guy sweats like nobody else that I've ever seen. Yeah. So, um, it says it was surprising uh, to that report circulated that the Houston Astros are taking phone calls on their ace. After all, Framber Valdez has been one of their best pitchers and a major role in their playoff success. Do you think they would actually trade him? Uh, maybe he is thirty, and he is he has the type of body that the type of frame that probably won't hold up that well in his 30s he's short a little thicker um he's had very inconsistent moments the last two years i think he's been very very just awesome right i think his, he's had an era his era this year was a little high but his his fit was a little low so i think that goes to show that you know the team around him wasn't great the defense around him wasn't great 4.3 4.4 war back-to-back years yeah i mean you don't have to get something really good for him maybe multiple top 100 prospects or something like that but yeah, I, you know, I think their pitching uh, issue, their pitching um, rotation is not looking the best either. So I don't know if I necessarily want to get rid of the, the the most stable guy you have, right? But you know, maybe they're hoping Lance McCullers can come back. I'm not really sure, but I, I would definitely try to call around for him. I mean, he's like I said, he's 30, so you got a couple more years left, um, at least of his prime. You, you'd think. And yeah, if I was going for it, I don't see why not. I don't think he's uh, carrying a huge salary. I think he's still in arbitration for a couple of years. Um, I think he's yeah, a free two, agent next year. I'm not sure. He has arbitration, two arbitration years, and then he's a free agent in 2026 okay. when he's going to be 32. So, yeah, I mean, listen, pretty cheap for how good he is. Um, I think 
I think it would be dumb for Houston to trade him. But again, it depends what you get, right? So nobody's nobody is really untouchable at the end of the day. Um, if I was the Phillies, yeah, I'd be like, hey, you know, do you want to you want to swap out pitchers? We'll give you a Taiwan Walker. You know, maybe they say yes. I don't know, but. Uh, the rumor, like the deal that they speculated, I think this is from uh, a gentleman named Zachary D. Reimer from, uh, that's, why is your name so goddamn perfect? You're, you're a reporter. You know, why, yeah. you, you write articles. Why is your, God, why do you have D in there? Uh, whatever. But, uh, he probably like has some serious emotional uh, reason why it's, uh, D is Zachary. I'm going to be Matthew J. McSweeney from now on, but I like it. Uh, he put together a trade package. He said it would take Christopher Sanchez and Mick Abel. Uh, I mean, I would probably do that. Uh, yeah, you know, right. you'd have to hope. Is Mick Abel going to turn out multiple four-win seasons? Maybe, right? Maybe, but he's also had some arm issues already. So, we, yeah. We can't be sitting around waiting for these. Like, uh, like Andrew no, Painter, I'm, I'm okay with waiting with because – yeah, you, really. You're but not going to wait for like four. three or four yeah. players. You're like, oh, they're all 19. Let's wait five, six years. Like, bro, <laughs> I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to think that far ahead. I'm already almost 30. Now you want me to be like, oh, by the time I'm 35, uh, no, bro, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. But so, like the way the Phillies get- are set, yeah, the way the Phillies are set up, like Bryce Harper is in his 30s now. He's like, oh yeah, okay, we can't we can't make a trade for another starter that has been something that's held us back in the playoffs the last few years because. We think Mick Abel is going to be a real good uh, pitcher in a couple years, but uh, we'll just continue to trot out Taiwan Walker and uh, Bailey Falter in the playoffs. Yeah, that'll work. You're like, okay, pal, um, I'll just go fuck myself. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, officially official. Dodgers have just announced they agreed to terms with the pitcher for a 12-year deal, so it is officially, officially, official. Welcome to LA, bud. There you go. I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to get out there, uh, Sandy. I, I want to go to San Diego specifically, but I do want to go out into the Cali. Area, the LA, South Cal, South, Southern California general vicinity sometime in March, April, May, or something like that. So hopefully I can catch, catch a Dodgers game and hopefully not pay $5,000 million for a ticket, but we'll see. I've heard that stadium is uh, very nice. Uh, I've so have I. I was kind of surprised. There and they said it's very nice. Because it's kind of old, right? I've heard mixed things about Wrigley. Um, but yeah, I've heard really good things about Dodgers Stadium. The good thing they do is they always renovate, they're always yeah. renovating something. So. Um, yeah, I would love to go out there. Hopefully, um, I can beat up a Giants fan. That'd be really fun. Take his phone, throw it on the field. I would fucking love that. Well, um, just watch yourself though, because I mean, people get stabbed at those games. That's they uh, do. You know, you're talking yeah. about 49ers fans mixing in there as well, because they are scum of the earth. Want to make sure I snuck in a little bit of it this there. But uh, what about Logan Gilbert's the second name that this guy has on here? Uh, Mariners that, might look for a massive return to uh, to trade Logan Gilbert, but they are also in desperate need of hitters to help out their roster right now and in the future. The Phillies could put together a package of prospects to land the righty that has four years of affordable club control remaining yeah. before hitting the free agency. I don't see that happening. Yeah, he's 26. He's got four years of control, and he's already had you know he's already a three win player. Um, you know. <laughs> Making, uh, I think he's made 88 starts in three years already. So yeah, he's not he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's going to be spearheading the rotation for the foreseeable future. Again, you'd have to give up. I don't even know if the Phillies have enough in theory. I guess they do in theory to give, but you'd have to like deplete your entire top five prospects or just your entire, you know, the, the entire, you know, top makeup of your farm system to. You know, you'd have to give up Crawford, Mick Abel. Somebody else, somebody else, and then somebody else. And it's like, at, at what time is it worth it at that point? Like, 
you know, you're, you're kind of selling your soul for, for immediate results. Like if you guys don't win the world series in the next couple of years, Gilbert's still going to be in his prime, but like the entire makeup of the rest of the team is kind of up in the air. You know, like you need Justin Crawford in the outfield eventually. I don't want to hold on. I don't want to hug these prospects, but if you're just, you know, give them all up for one pitcher, it's like, you know, the Phillies need more than just Logan Gilbert, but yeah, um, he would be awesome. He, I mean, he's, he's a stud. Uh, I, I, just, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't see it happening either. And the last name on here is Shane Bieber. Would be more of a one-year type of addition for the Phillies. Shane Bieber is hitting for agency after this year. And his production has continued to decline <laughs> since he won the uh, AL yeah. Cy Young in 2020. However, he is still a top starter in Major League Baseball, posting an ERA plus of 110. I don't know what half these numbers ever mean. That's why I don't like uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like baseball because they use all these stats that I just don't understand. But with a season long, yeah, a season long ERA, which I feel like that matters, is a uh, <laughs> plus 380. In 21 starts, so uh, I mean, he would definitely be uh, of help, but I wouldn't give up a yeah. ton. Not awful, but he him. was also in the AL Central, which was just dog shit. Um, yeah. And he still didn't strike guys he out. Throw hard. The sticky stuff also played a huge part on him and James Karinchek, the the psychopath number 99 for yeah. the Guardians. Um, seems like the Guardians were some sticky merchants. I'm not sure, but yeah, Shane Bieber going from a f- almost a five win pitcher to a two win pitcher. It's a steep dra- uh, drop off from age 27 to age 28. That's usually, you know, when you're in your prime. Uh, so we'll see what he does this year. But uh, watching him pitch last year, I was not impressed. He was giving up a lot of hard contact. Uh, his home runs went up, his walks went up, his K's went down. So I think um, the rotation of all his pitches went way down. So uh, yeah, I mean, he'd be cheap, right? That'd be a, a pretty solid option. I think he could give you. Uh, I think he'd pretty be pretty be pretty solid in the grand scheme of things. I think he'd be better than Taiwan Walker, but I don't know if he's really going to, you know, it's a start is what I would say, you know, target a a pitcher like him or um, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody. I can't even think of anybody, but I would target somebody like that in their twenties to 30. Yeah. I have a name here that uh, another article that I'm on, uh, I'm on SI.com. Some, some sort of offspring of that. So I, you know, take that for what it's worth, but uh, Marcus Stroman, is a name that they're linked to because I think Dombrowski is still looking for a pitcher. And say, it, despite Dombrowski saying the rotation is set, which I think is a lie, I don't think that can't be the case. If, if that's the case, then the Phillies are not going to do anything next year. Um, what are they saying here? For I think he's a free agent, so he's thirty-three years old. Am I? I believe he is 33, and they're saying three years, $63 million. So some, something in the neighborhood that you signed Taiwan Walker. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't I don't love that either. I, this seems like we're kind of at the bottom. Of, I mean, not necessarily the bottom of the barrel, but the uh, the, the top of the barrel has been, uh, you know, picked out, and we are kind of stuck, uh, you know, just left with the scraps, I guess. I, I, that doesn't really necessarily make me feel good, so – uh, I don't really know what the option would be. I don't know if there's any other, you know, guys that they could trade for, or you know, it doesn't really seem like there's a lot. I mean, maybe some names pop up, you know, D- Dylan Cisse, and uh, you know, I don't, I really, I don't know. I, I don't. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of action going on yet. And uh, you know, Blake Snell's still out there. I really don't want the Phillies to get him, man. I, I, I just have never been a huge believer in him. Am I? crazy in thinking that i mean he's 31 years old no. I, I don't know who's gonna get him or what the money's gonna look like if it was a 
you know, three or four year deal, then I would do it. But I can't imagine it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be much more than that. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd be very uh, weary of doing that. Weary, weary. Um, but I, you know, if it's either him or like Jordan Montgomery, I think I'm taking Blake Snell. Like that's the kind of the problem. Uh, Shoto Imanaga, Imanaga, yeah, Imanaga. Mean, uh, I think. We, we, that's the guy I would go after. Yep, I agree. I mean, but, is he just going to end up in in Dodgerville? That just seems like the uh, the the way. You know, now they're saying that he might go to like there's team like the Angels are are pursuing him and stuff like that. Like I, I mean, I, I don't know. I I'm so uh, I guess I'm a little bit down on the Phillies now. I, I, I when once I saw the contract, I was like, okay, like I wanted Yamamoto. That was kind of like my pipe dream this whole off season. So then when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, when I saw 12 years, 300, I was like, we were never doing that. Like, that that's yeah. okay. Plus $50 million to post for for his uh, services, you know, ne- never really thought that was going to happen. The Shoto Omanga, though, I would love him just because he's a lefty. We really don't have a lot of lefty starters. Uh, I mean, Christopher Sanchez is pretty much the only option. I really want the Phils to move on from Walker, try, maybe try to find somebody who will take him. And uh, he, I don't think he's... I don't think he's awful. He did, he did pretty good for the, you know, the sum of the regular season. Maybe they could maybe fix him and he could have a bounce back season. But the fact that they weren't able to use him in the playoffs really just worried the shit out of me. I didn't know he was that, you know, like uh, when you sign a guy to that much money, you're basically paying him twenty million dollars a year. I would hope he'd be able to throw in the playoffs. But and then he bullpen. The, the, they, I mean, the bullpen seems like it's always the last thing to go in uh, free agency. So you know, maybe we start figuring that out soon but i don't know ty it's uh the stove has been cold very cold i'm uh, you know put on your jacket i'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of hot i'm kind of warm i'm cozy so you're cozy uh, you i know. mean i'm freezing over here i'd like i'd like yeah. to come into the crib and bump some heat off you but uh, yeah i got you do i got a parka for you some gloves i need a parka uh, how about this i mean do you uh, i guess i don't want to say do you care about the sixers but uh, i guess you just kind of want to talk about Embiid. Got the uh, the sprained ankle now. Uh, sure. You know, sprained the ankle against, I believe that was the Raptors in a game where uh, I think he, he almost had a triple-double. He, he, he was going crazy in that game, I'm almost positive. Just around he had, got a triple-double. He had 31, 10, and 9 in that game. He was one assist away from another triple-double. It's crazy to see the way his assist numbers have skyrocketed. Yeah. That was a game in which three guys had 30 points. Which I don't think I've ever seen that as a Sixers fan. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought there was a stat about that, but I just don't remember what it was. I, I I'm not gonna say I'm not interested in this team. I definitely am, but I just have a sick feeling that this whistle that Joel Embiid's getting is not gonna be there in the playoffs, which it won't be. It won't be. And his 33 points per game is gonna drop to like 23. Uh, he has the biggest drop off in regular season to playoff points per game. Um, I just. I have concerns like Tyrese Maxey uh, against the Heat on Christmas Day was what four twenty. So yeah, I mean, you know, they're gonna have to make a move. They have to one hundred percent make a move. I think the Bulls. I mean, it seems like they're they're winning games without Levine. So I don't I don't think I want Levine. And I'm hoping that Caruso and um, that Caruso can be available or OG Ananobi from the Raptors. Uh, that's that's who I want. That's my guy, OG Ananobi for sure. But. Uh, we we need to make a move, 100. percent I don't think this this roster is. Uh, you know, Mo Bama played 26 minutes the other day. I know he scored 18, but uh, that you know, also Marcus Morris 
is playing minutes. Um, I don't know. We, I, I just, we just need more. You know, Tobias yeah. Harris. He has played a little bit better lately, but all in all, he's he's not the guy you want to rely on as a, a second or third scorer option. And then there's not even really many behind him, you know. So it's kind of a big three, and Tobias Harris is in that big three. I'm not a fan of that. So no, yeah, there has to be a move or two that get made. Nothing huge. I don't think we necessarily need or can even afford or can make. So um, yeah, we'll see what it is. I, I just it's a long season. Um, the the Celtics are just they're always there. They they own us. And then the Bucks are uh, a little you know not as good as they usually have been. Right? Their their bench yeah. is kind of shit. Yeah. Um. But Lillard, I think he's gonna start to figure it out. Middleton is healthy. Brooke Lopez is getting like three blocks a game, which yep. is crazy. Giannis is just doing doing Giannis things. Uh, the Orlando Magic playing really well. Uh, I was really hoping Embiid would play so we could see how we look against them. Franz Wagner is balling his ass off. Um, Paolo Paolo Bancaro is playing good. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. Your boy Markel Fultz. So, um, other than the, you know, I, th- I think the East is relatively weak. I don't. The Hawks are just falling on real hard times. Um, Maybe Brooklyn that's a stinks. player who becomes available. I don't know if that's what we would want in a, a Trey Young. I mean, not just for us, but I'm just saying, like the the Hawks might be, in John Collins. Maybe you know, I mean, John. Collins well, he's not there right? anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. De- De- Dejounte uh, Murray. Um, apparently, I, I know, wouldn't the Knicks want him. him. The Lakers want him. Yeah, I don't know if I would want him. I, like he's a great athlete, a good defender, but you know, he just has that uh, low volume scoring. It's something about guys from the state of Washington or that you know that that area of the country where they just don't shoot well from the field. I don't know what it is. Tony Rhodes, Jamal Crawford, Deontay Murray, uh, Marquise Chris—they all seem to have just an efficiency problem, if you will. But he's a hooper. He he can ball. He's got length, good size, good good wing defender. Kind of reminds me of Uber, just a better athlete. Um, Definitely a good player. So yeah. Maybe him, yeah. I don't know. I don't, maybe maybe Bogey. We need a little shooter. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, speaking of John Collins, though, he is on the trade market because I I was I thought I was Again. tripping, but I saw that yeah because the Jazz hate him, so that's what uh, made me <laughs> made me think of that. And, and when he used to cook us uh, playing for the Hawks, but yeah, the Hawks really are 12 and 18. Uh, Sixers took an L to the Heat the other night, but. You know the Heat are much more of a deep team than we are. Uh, if we don't have Embiid, we're kind of, you know, screwed in, in a sense. So, um, and Maxi, I think he was shot what four? Like it was one of the worst. Four of twenty. Four of twenty, right? Uh, and he just killed them. He really did. He just could not find the hoop. Uh, and you said Embiid's not playing tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. Uh, I, I would keep him out as long as it takes. Because none of these games really matter uh, at this point. We are number three in the Eastern Conference right now, uh, as it stands. Ty, who you you know who? Turn it up. Do you know who we would play in the uh, playoffs? Uh, pff, the, the Knicks, the, or the New Heat? York Knicks. Oh, give me that! And then if we won that, we would have a uh, you know road series basically against the Milwaukee Bucks. That would be ideal oh. if we could avoid the Boston Celtics. Until the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals, that would be ideal for me because I want – I mean, the Celtics just are our daddies. They own us, so I want nothing to do with that. I just don't know how we would match up with the Giannis, Lillard, Middleton, three-piece. I don't know how we match um, up with anybody uh, in the, fair. towards the end of that situation. But uh, If Embiid's on, though, in the playoffs, also I don't know who matches up with us, right? But that's yeah. a huge if. That's I don't probably... know who would guard Embiid for the Bucks. That's what that would make. I mean, would it be Brooke. Giannis? Would it, I mean, Brooke, I feel like he would have a field day with Brooke because Brooke can't yeah, really hopefully. move that well. 
And if they were right. able to space it out, but I guess Giannis would be helping the whole time. It would be a big yep. Toby series, it seems. Uh, Middleton. You know. Yeah. Oh, I don't want that. I don't that's, want a big Toby the series. Worry. Uh, Ty, in that, in that 30 point game, they had three guys had 30 points. You know, the last time that happened was 1961. Do you want to know who oh, those wait. guys were? I think I can do this. Hold on. I have it right here in front of me. Dolph, I can, I, Dolph yeah. Shays or Hayes? Yep. Is it Shays or is it Dolph Hayes? Shays. Hal Greer. Yep. Uh, some other. Oh, Dick fuck, Barnett. Yeah. Dick Barnett. Go. 34, 4, and 7 for Dick. Dolph Shays had 33, 16 boards, 5 assists. Hal That's Greer wild. had 31, 8, and 5. They worked together to beat Wilt Chamberlain that game, who put up 56, 26 boards. He was 20 <laughs> of 32 from the field, and he shot 16 of 22 from the free throw line. That's- so. That's not, I wish can we can we do an episode where we just watch this game? I'm in. I'll, we'll do a live right, watch. Let's do it. Uh, watch along. I mean, if they even have footage of this game, yeah. We Did this game happen? We still haven't <laughs> seen the hundred point game. Uh, there's no footage of that, which is amazing to me. But. Ty, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, the, I, I did want to talk to Flyers, but we kind of went long, and the Flyers, you know, are doing their thing. So we will give them. They're doing their thing. We will do. We will give them their appropriate time. They have down a road, the road trip coming up on the West Coast. I think they should take a couple games so we yeah. can regroup let's, from there. Let's start with the you know the Canucks. Uh, I believe they play tomorrow. Tomorrow night, and then they Canucks play nasty, man. It's probably the, the best Kraken, team in the league, in my opinion. And then they play the uh, Flames. Flames. So no. yeah, like yeah. you said, they have a lot of uh, West Coast sort of action going on. We will be back next week, preferably Monday or Tuesday, whenever the, there's not a holiday. Excuse me, I'm just yacked on my mic. It's late, late <laughs> in the pod for me to yak on the mic, but we will have a full show. We will have an MMA show later on this week. I'll have a WWE show coming up uh, soon. Hey. I know uh, Ty will be uh, locked in on that because he is a big <laughs> Roman Reigns fan. I know he uh, loves Roman Reigns. but Shout out to Roman. Shout out to Roman Reigns. But, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Tiger Capone. And, ladies and gentlemen, please, as always, on New Year's or whatever holiday you are, if you are drinking, please do not get behind the wheel. <laughs>